Welcome to Kind Words, everyone. Today we're doing something a little bit differently. Today is the first ever Kind Words interview. And our first guest is Travis Mitchell. Travis is running a startup company right now called Avenia, and I invited him on to talk about it. Me and Travis have been friends for a very long time, so we also dive into our childhood, our faith, what led him to start Avenia, and many other things along the way. So thank you so much for being here. I'm excited for this. And here you go, Travis Mitchell. Well, we are started, man. All right. Well, it's great to be here. <laughs> great to have you, dude. This is so weird. Good. It's crazy. How's your day been so far? How's our day been? Because we've been collectively dude. spending the day together. Dude, it's been wild. Uh, I received a phone call at noon, and uh, we joined up and, and took on the day's endeavors. <laughs> uh, it was quite an experience. It was. Do you want to tell everyone what we spent almost the entire day doing? Absolutely. There's an upcoming uh, small business expo for, um, we're representing a company called Havenia and um, really excited to, to do that. And what we did today was we got a poster board, we got all kinds of uh, materials and uh, a whiteboard. We, we made shirts. On. We made shirts. We made shirts. That was the big thing. The poster board, <laughs> you're fine. Okay. Let's keep it going. Okay, like, let's just keep it going. Let's just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Um, yeah, so we spent the majority of the day making shirts for Travis's company, Havenia. First off, Travis, tell everyone who you are, and let's let's just talk about this. Okay, all right, let's go for it. Yeah, so my name's Travis. I'm from the uh, East Bay of San Francisco. I grew up in a town called Alamo, and one of my uh, hobbies growing up, uh, I was a golfer. Really enjoyed golf, but let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, Havenia was founded um, as a Christian technology company with the vision of uniting, inspiring Christians through technology services. And the current route that we're going is creating a Christian event app. So, how long have you been doing Havenia for? Well, Havenia uh, um, probably. Well, I started in September of 2018, so it's going to be about a year this month. Congrats, man. Yeah. That's, I've seen all the hard work hard work you've put into it so far. I've seen the dedication and passion you have for this. What do you think drives that passion, and where did you get it from? Well, what's interesting is Haveni actually started um, as a side project um, off of a company. I started with my dad. We did a, a music application. And one of the things about Havenia though, is – what kind of sparked the passion is is really uh, it's a purpose driven uh, vision and and it and it's uh, it's f- it's for the people and it's something that um, I'm not really used to in my working career. I've always been working to earn money to to like try and uh, earn stuff so that I can eventually be at a place and be financially free and kind of move to the next level, but. With Havenia, I found a whole new perspective that uh, is different. It, it's 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 about the service of others. It's not it's not about me. I, I, when I go about it, I, I uh, 
take on a sense of peace and a sense of uh, uh, a, a healthy conviction toward um, the service uh, to the community that I feel that Havenia has brought, shined a new perspective on. That's very cool, man. I, I can vouch for that. I've been We've been friends for a really long time now. Like We've known each other since second grade. Right? Something like that? Just about, as, yeah. You're probably the friend I've had the longest in my life. And you're one of my best friends, as a disclaimer. Me and Travis, we spend a lot of time together. And I'm just telling you guys this because I know probably most of the answers to the questions that I'm going to be asking him today. So if it's coming across like, we kind of know what we're talking about, because we maybe do. But not necessarily. We'll see where this goes, where this rolls into. But um, So, Travis, you... I watched you do the company before a venue, which is called Music is Vivid. Music is Vivid. And it was, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. So actually, Music is Vivid. So I started that in September of 2016. Uh, I was a pretty strong ambassador of uh, Ty Lopez and some of those <laughs> online courses. And and to be honest, the 67 Steps program, this is no, non-promotional. I felt like it, it really opened my eyes to alternative routes to, to versus college and other things and really sparked uh, an entrepreneurial spirit in me. So what one of the, what specifically speak on music is vivid. Um, I went to a penthouse, uh, Ty's penthouse for a seminar, an e-commerce seminar in Los Angeles, California. And what we were doing was we were setting up uh, online stores um, and we were doing a niche products uh, to sell to people. Now, up to this point, I thought like the internet, selling stuff on the internet was government regulated, that it was like not something that a normal person could do. Um, but what I started was they said to focus on a niche. And I actually started a niche off that for local band t-shirts. And it was called Vivid Music Attire. And as I began asking myself the question of, yeah, I wanted to support my friends and help them sell shirts online and everything. I thought it'd be a cool way to earn money on the side while I was at high school. But uh, as I began diving deeper into the problems that artists are facing, um, I realized that for an artist to go from what they really were hoping for was to go from where they are to becoming known. And one of the ways that was emerging was what was called the DIY route. Uh, and it was an alternative path than being signed with a uh, record label. And um, uh, it was um, an alternative route for artists to achieve a financial freedom essentially through their work. So regarding the DIY approach, um, music is, uh, it, it, we actually changed the name. So about six months into it, uh, I realized that that model wasn't working. Uh, the margins for the t-shirts were too high. And I, I actually ended up working, uh, inviting my dad to be a part of the business about six months into it. And he's like, this model sucks. It's not going to really make that much money. And that's really what it was about too. And, and he was like, you should just go to college. Like this is, this is stupid. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I wasn't ready to give up yet. So so I thought, okay, like I had an injury actually from golf with my knee. And during that time, I had more time to reflect and ask the simple question of why is an artist in the position they are and what do they need to do to go to where uh, to reach the goal? Why are some artists successful and others aren't? And I began to dissect that question a little closer. And uh, I brought up to my dad a uh, a suggestion of, I knew that America's got talent. I know it's not the only answer to artists, but American Idol is something 
that was popular and also fi- financially pretty, uh, which is our kind of secret motive going on. Uh, <laughs> hey, at least you can be open with your secret motive. Some people yeah. can't be open because it is a secret so, motive. So it is like a, there's a financial uh, opportunity there for us as well. And the hope was for um, independent artists to... Uh, okay, so we saw the competition aspect and how people engaged really well with the TV show. But as apps continued growing in their popularity, we thought, well, what if, or at least I was thinking, I was like, well, what if we, you know, what what's what do people psychologically enjoy about music that they're not doing? We thought, well, what, what if we do a music competition app uh, and take it from what's on TV and put it into an application where artists can become known by having less artists who are who are competing, but they're all independent artists, and the fans that engage in, and vote for them become more passionate followers because there's less artists on the platform, and they're also not signed with a label, which means that all the that the revenue, the subscription revenue that's shared with them, is going back out to them. So that was kind of the model, and 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 the, and the vision of of music is vivid was to help uh, independent unsigned artists become known. Very cool. So I have a question for you. If you're doing it, you're putting in all this time, this effort, this you were working with your family. You had a lot on, not a lot on the line, but you weren't going to college because you were going to pursue this. And what started to change in your life that made you realize maybe this isn't the right path for me? Yeah, well, I, I used to think like we had a good time at the Snow Globe Music Festival and I asked the guy like, you know, why aren't you on, you know, the guy wasn't on stage and- who. Uh, there was a guy at the uh, in the Ableton booth, um, and do you remember his name by any chance? No, but there was a gentleman who, and he was talking about how he was helping one of the guys on stage who'd only been a DJ for one year and got in the and got to play at Snow Globe, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and he'd been playing for over twenty years and has never played at Snow Globe. And I was like, well, why is that? And he he kind of gave me an answer of just like kind of being commercially marketable and not just not knowing the having the right network and I see I have a hard time believing that because I really think the people who are talent and not talented but people who make it have something very very special to offer musically that's not necessarily just a commercial product or just oh look at this we pushed the hardest with our label and we've done a PR campaign and blah blah well it's it's definitely a viable option for getting publicity and getting um more people to listen but at the end of the day if you don't have something of quality and from your heart uh, at least when it comes to music it's not really worthwhile yeah well i I mean obviously you know to be invited to play at snow globe there's regardless of how long he's been a dj or what all the details are the guy who was performing obviously uh, knew the right people and also had a, uh, a skill set um, that really fit the vibe of the event. Very wise. <laughs> so anyway, during that uh, time, there were also a lot of different Shopify stores and other kind of uh, little endeavors, but there were always a motive at the end of the day. It was like, am I going to be able to make money off this and what it was just always like there like like I had to be at some place to be content I had to reach a certain goal b- 
before I could be content. But tying this back into Havenia, uh, that was a little different. When I began working on Havenia a little on the side, I was like, well, what if we do a Christian music app? And what, what if, you know, what if I make it faith-based? Like I've been going to small groups and mind you, during this time when all my friends went to high school, I was, a I had a lot of relationships and stuff to do on the weekend. We'd go to parties, we promoted some nightclubs, did, did stuff with people all the time. And then when everyone graduated and I stayed back and tried to do a startup, uh, is like, as if I fell off the face of the earth because I, I just <laughs> felt very lonely. Uh, it's like knowing, you know, you go from so many things to do. So, so many, uh, I guess some form of acquaintance friendships and, and it just kind of leaves you. So it's rough, man. Yeah. And that just, we both stay back together. We both saw everyone fall yeah. off the face of the earth, you know? It's crazy. Um, how'd you deal with that? How'd you push through that time? Yeah. Well, I, I reconnected with my faith during that time and, and uh, actually, it was um, sophomore year, a friend shared the gospel with me uh, again, and I'd heard it before, but my friend Daniel uh, shared with me sophomore year at uh, prom. He's like, everyone was grinding and dancing with people. And, and my, <laughs> Sounds my, like prom. <laughs> yeah, or it was, yeah, prom homecoming. And, and she, she, my date, you know, left, left me and went and danced out and this other guy, and I'm thinking like, I don't know, like, I wanted to, like, try and compete and get her back. And I was thinking, like, what What am I doing? You know, what am I doing? Like, this is ridiculous. And he shares with me, like, you know, do you believe in the message of God? Do you, do you believe in Jesus and in the Word? Do you feel that this is, like, in alignment with those values? I'm like, no, no, I don't. So we went into a deeper conversation that night, and uh, instead of going out on the dance floor, I just uh, was given a new perspective. And... Um, that was pretty powerful turning point, um, personally. So, well, what what year did that take place? So yeah, I'm kind of jumping around. That was a sophomore year, uh, which is <laughs> which is before. That's during high school. So, kind of getting back on track. That's like 2015, right? Roughly, roughly 20... 2015, and we're currently in 2019. 2019. <laughs> so <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> um. Very cool. And so Daniel shares the gospel with you, and you go, "Okay, this is it. Jesus is who I'm following." I'm I'm curious. It, was it uh, immediate or was it a slow thing? N- no, no. He asked me like some tough questions. I was like, I, I kind of think I don't really believe the Noah's Ark story or the Samuel thing. I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. I don't really know. I, it just led me to deeper questions, but it also addressed a, a part of me is like, yeah, I guess. You know, am I fighting a battle for this girl who's not fighting for me, not wanting a relationship? And I, I just kind of was faced with the shallowness of some of the pursuits that I had, and and I uh, really had a self check. But it definitely was not the only turning point, but it was something that really inspired uh, more questions. Prior to high school in uh, September, uh, in December 17th of 2004, so I was about six, I was young at the time, but my brother Jason passed away. And prior to that, my brother Bobby also passed away before I was born, though. Um, with Jason, though, he was someone who lit up the room and just uh, was just such a, uh, a well-liked uh, individual and just carried a sense of love to him. Uh, just, just kind of a quick story here. He actually, my my brother, uh, Mike, 
twisted his ankle on the beach. And my brother Jason was the kind of guy who, who, you know, would pick him up and carried him all the way home, which is like a lot of labor. But the same way he carried Mike is the same way he carried others uh, just through through life, just was there for them, was just uh, just someone that um, stood by others in a way that I really admired. So middle school uh, for me, I was in a I was in a really tight group of guys uh, at the time. There's maybe five of us, and a couple of girls uh, were in the group as well. And I had kind of reached a point where I, I've always had this kind of itch to just grow and meet new people and expand. And and uh, granted, I didn't go about this the right way. It was kind of on me, but I was kind of looking at the cool kids and <laughs> and being as you do when you're in sixth grade, seventh as, grade. You know, when you think that's the center of the world, you know, man, did I ever, and I looked up to them and I don't know if I looked up to, them. I just wanted to be a part of that. I, I had a crush on uh, this girl, Kayla, really big crush actually. <laughs> and I just saw a lot of people hanging out in this crowd and it just looked like they had it made, you know? And I was like, I just, I want to be around them more and just didn't want to be with my other friends as much and 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 i I took that personally i took that personally from travis and we had a falling out for quite a few years yeah and and actually that backfired because as i try to join the other group they would uh my friends in my group shared some mean stuff and and this whole like uh i just eventually became ostracized from most of the students uh at least in my world at middle school and and uh no one was really mature enough to act like a kind person, you know, there were some kind no. people there, but I don't, it, there was a lot of just bullying and yeah. un, unkind things flying around at that point in our lives. Absolutely. I, I remember a couple of times, uh, there was, a I was going to, uh, eat, uh, my lunch and, and these kids would just go, Oh, it's, it's the wind here. It's, uh, it's, what is that? I, oh, that's I, fucked. And I'd go up and, and I'd talk in the group and they, and then they close their shoulders and be like, what was there something there? Did you hear something? No, it's probably a fly. Uh, oh, there's the faggot again. And that oh. just went, yeah, no, it got, it Man, got dark rough. and that's quotes. I, I normally wouldn't, you know, this word's a little outside of my vocabulary, yeah. but, um, I'm it, sorry you got called that. Yeah, no, it was just, I'm sorry they treated you like that. You know, it's, uh, you know, it, you sometimes it's also a wake up call to like, what am I really pursuing? Like if these relationships, if this was the fruit that was being bore, cause not only was it toward me, but they weren't really that nice to each other. Uh, but they, I mean, what I, what I went through is kind of a little different, I think, but maybe, maybe not. Um, I mean, when you have a bully or you have a group of bullies and you're dealing with that when you're that young, it must, I don't know, allow for. I don't know, some time to think about why are they doing this? Why why are they acting like this? Why am I being treated like this? Yeah. And were you, would you say you were able to go inside your head and kind of figure it out, or was it just completely past you? And yeah. it's not that I'm not trying to say it was your fault or anything like that. Well, but there's a little... Um, I mean, it, things just kind of went from... Just kind of like bad to worse. I just remember playing. Uh, I don't really know how you'd cope with it. My, I mean, at the time, I had two kind of friends I spent time with. Uh, I did. I had two friends that I saw um, on the weekends sometimes. But uh, my also, I had another friend who who I was named Greg, and and he was a water bottle. Oh, Travis. Oh, I didn't <laughs> think you're gonna go here. <laughs> yes. This is one of the not the worst things, but like. 
I was an asshole to Travis. I was mad at him, and I was dealing with insecurity, and I'd been bullied practically all of elementary school. Not all of it, but the Which some of the it majority. came from me. Some of it did come from Travis, and um, and that's okay. You reap what you sow. Yeah, you man. reap what you sow, but he didn't deserve. You're not supposed to treat anger and hate with anger and hate, and um, I kind of. I took out my frustration and anger on Travis in a large way when we were in seventh grade. I was very depressed and just pissed at the world, and Travis was an easy target. Um, and he had an imaginary water bottle. I mean, an imaginary friend as a water bottle, and he was going around saying, this is my only friend. And what I did is I took it and I threw it on the roof. It was not a highlight of either of our lives and it's not a very nice thing and we've got oh not that wasn't the only thing that happened but um i got a question like how were you able to remain friends with me after everything i did to you because and also at this point in your life when we reconnected kind of towards the end of eighth grade and towards freshman year you hadn't found god yet and, but you were still able to let me back into your life. Why did you do that? And I'm very, I want to say I'm very grateful you did, and I'm happy we could work everything out. But why did you do that? Well, I vividly remember um, there was a time uh, at uh, Bailey's, uh, Bailey's house. He was having a, a party, um, and I was invited in. His mom came up to me, and she's like, you know, you're, you're always welcome here. And that kind of went a long way because I, I wasn't really welcomed anywhere by these by this group of people and even at the whole party it was kind of awkward but it was really cool to know that but specific, specifically speaking on our relationship uh it was like it was really a weird stage cuz i don't really know i just remember going back to your house one day and we're playing guitar and you're in uh you're playing guitar in the room and we're sitting there talking and I don't remember, but, uh, exactly. But there was a conversation and it was just like, Hey man, like, uh, you know, I forgive you. And he had, you know, and I, he, there were, there was mutual wrongs that were done, <laughs> but, but it's, it's just part of the journey, I guess. And, and things got squared away and we've been, we've been better since not to exhaust it too much, but middle school, you know, just to relate, if there's anyone listening, middle school can be a really uh, dark time for people. And I, I just, want to continue to share that like regardless of what kind of weight you're carrying like it can be different emotional maybe struggles at home whatever you're going through like um it, it's you know there there is a light at the end of the tunnel like stay strong so you said there's a light at the end of the tunnel but had you seen it yet at this point or kind of going to high school now right or so just coming coming out of a of a dark kind of a dark place uh emotionally um High school was was really cool because we had what was called uh, the brotherhood at our school, and we had a particular motto that I, I used to kind of laugh at at the time. It was, enter to learn, leave to serve. And I remember specifically in high school, there was a guy who was two years older than me named Mitchell Olinger. Why is that important? Well, it's not, but my last name was Mitchell, <laughs> uh, but he's a really cool guy, by the way. Uh, my last name was Mitchell, and my brother's wife's name last name was Olinger, so it's kind of funny. And he looked a lot like me, and he was like a grown-up version of me. Uh, he, he was a lacrosse player, football player, 
really well-liked guy. But one thing that I really meant a lot to me was unlike my middle school experience, he would walk into the hallway when he was walking by and he would, and his friends would always point. They'd be like, what's up? They used to call me Vakitis. Uh, I don't know if if you've seen the movie semi-pro is kind of like a joke is one of the players, but they used to have a lot of different names that, uh, just different nicknames. And, and, uh, but every time they'd see me, it it would be like a little celebration. They always go, Oh, what's going on? Hey, ah, like kind of that fraternity type of, uh, hello, but it went a long way because it told me something. It's like, you know, you're, you exist. Like, you know, you matter. We, we see you. And that was what was communicated. Unlike middle school, it was so powerful that someone who was kind of popular and cool would take the time to acknowledge me and, and such a, and just, it just went a long way with me. So I want to ask you a question. So are you at a point where you see popular? What, how do you see popularity now? Yeah, I, I think, uh, it changes as you get older. I think, uh, in, high school it's sometimes you know the girlfriend or the car or the sports ability and then when you get older sometimes it's uh, financial status or or power or whatever but uh those are just things that people look to and i often call them like vanity metrics um and the reason i say that is like it's not really how much followers you have and all this stuff that people try and um create but it's the quality relationships within and one thing i will say about that is Recapping sophomore year, I did go on to post on Snapchat parties every weekend, and I, I built <laughs> I, up a bit of a following. It was so weird to watch you do that, man. Like, just going out of middle school and then coming into high yeah. school. But also throughout all this time, I hope this is okay to mention. But you were you were sober the entire time throughout all of high school, right? But you were going to parties every single right. weekend, right? Why would you? Why were you doing that? So I I was a, I was an observer. Uh, I really loved, as funny as this might be, people when they were drunken kind of messed up. It was funny because they were more open than normal, and they and they it just I loved seeing people, even though I know it wasn't as authentic as I'd hoped. Just seeing people like kind of happy and kind of just just I don't know in a zone of celebration it was it was just cool just just seeing that. And I had a friend chase and we'd drive out to Roseville. We'd go to the, like the nightclubs, the teen nightclubs. And (laughs) we go, we promoted one in the city. Um, and I just remember, um, as this continued happening, as Snapchat was coming out on Instagram, I, I felt like I built a pretty decent following at a couple, uh, we would have, we would host, uh, parties where, you know, hundreds of people, would sometimes show up and uh it was just it was quite a different experience to go on a weekend and have we'd go up to eight parties and not to brag about all the stuff but it was just a lot of people who celebrated and they also were really nice to me they were they would tell my name is travis 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 <laughs> they would <laughs> they would chant fun. that hundreds of people sometimes at at a given time and it was just really different it was like even though I don't know how authentic it was, but people just would celebrate my existence in high school. They'd wave and smile, and I began to give that back. and And it was just a totally different thing. It was it was like I went from being despised as a stag and rejected to, you know, welcome. Now was it 
it was just it was totally different feeling it it felt really good to to be to be recognized i did i did really enjoy that so even if it was a positive thing would you say it went to your head yeah um to my head what do you what do you mean by that i just mean as someone who has and still sometimes does have a big ego and it's something i have to struggle with that to keep it in check would you say it inflated your ego or would you say it inflated the way, I don't know, the way you viewed yourself and interacted with other people because now you're not Travis, the one walking by himself. Now you're Travis having his name chanted at parties. Was it something completely different in how you treated other people or was it? Yeah. Let yeah. me know. Yeah. So, so, um, it, it was, uh, it definitely inflated the ego, uh, but more more than it being about, I guess myself. I, I just always looked forward to the smiles and and just the celebration, even though a lot of it was kind of silly. But at the time, it it seemed pretty cool. One thing though, in particular, is um, there was uh, what was it? Is the people there who? I thought were there for me and who seemed like they had my back when I stopped providing the party addresses and I stopped, uh, driving them home when they were not, uh, when they like inebriated, just being there. I had one person in the car. I'm not going to say who out of respect, but they were sitting in the back and I remember this and this is, um, they said this to me is like, you know, it was at, it was at your party that I had my first beer. It was at your party that I did my first blank. It was at this, and by the way, it wasn't just my party. Chase helped. There were a lot of friends. Oh, I was running Chase. with Chase. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm no, kidding. no, 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 no. It was definitely there. But there was mutual uh, groups that were um, that we were just a part of from different schools, six, seven, eight high schools, and and uh, just to know that I stood for something uh, that kept leading people into habits. Uh, as time went on, I saw that those habits would grow, become more, uh, strong. What we used to do just on the weekend, like go to a party and they'd only drink at a party. And my friend used to tell me, he used to say, I'm only drinking in high school. I'm never going to do anything else. And I, I watched it progress to, to harder and harder substances. And you, you know, when you're young, you, you don't really, you, you kind of think it's innocent fun, but I realized like a lot of personalities changed and what I thought was, you know, people who are going to be there for me when the going got kind of rough sometimes, uh, people, people weren't there. They, they really, they didn't care the way I was hoping that they would. And, and same way in middle school, a lot of people when I really needed them were not there for me, including people of faith, including people, uh, friends. Uh, it just, it was a weird thing to have an expectation in a, in friendships relying on other people to be there. But in reality, there was really no one there for me. And it was at that time that I felt I was beginning to, uh, grow a desire to know God. Just timeline wise, you, did you accept God when Daniel first, uh, preached the gospel to you and did it grow or was it something that you started accepting God a couple years after um, you heard about um, Christ and kind of fo- were you following at first in the whole part? Because you used, sure. I know you used to go to some of those parties and actually preach to people. 
which always, yeah. as a high school kid, as an immature high school kid, I was like, what is he doing? And as someone who was very, uh, I guess, agnostic or whatever I was, I, I was just taken aback. I was like, why is this dude going to every party I've ever heard of and not getting drunk, not hooking up with people? He's just talking about Jesus. He's... Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Something else, yeah. man. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I, I went to Presbyterian uh, growing up. I went to a school, uh, CPC for preschool. I, I was baptized as a baby, but I, I didn't really follow or think it was, I thought it was kind of like the Easter bunny or like Santa. <laughs> I was like, when are people going to tell me that Jesus is, you know, the tooth fairy also? I was like, you know, this is kind of like a joke. Like we're following this Jewish carpenter from 2,000 years ago. How How is this relevant to my life? Why? This, this has got to be a fable. Are you telling me this guy walked on water, did all this stuff? And I just had a lot of, I, I just, I didn't really take it that, that seriously. There was a part of me that always, like, I said the Bible was my favorite book, and but I never really took it to heart. I just kind of like, I just wanted to go my way. I wanted to be different. I wanted to try Buddhism or, or try transcendental meditation. I did. I tried witchcraft. I tried different forms of spiritualism. And did Wayne they Dyer. work? Um, and not enough. Yeah, yeah, did they work? Uh, well, I definitely learned some things, but as you dive deeper into that, uh, it, there's a kind of a quest for truth, and it's kind of a. Is I really went on a spiritual journey. Uh, I I don't I don't regret it though because everything that choice was made allowed me to dive deeper into what I was learning and learn what what I what I what I know at this point and. Um, but I want to talk specifically about faith. And regarding faith, sophomore year with Daniel was a very important time uh, for me. Uh, it started a little before that, though. Uh, with my dad, I would, uh, after a golf tournament, I didn't perform that well. And I was feeling really bad about my identity and my self-esteem and my self-worth as a person. I was like, well, why am I alive if I'm not good enough or going to be like, Tiger Woods or some great <laughs> golfer, which I was um, had as expectation, an internal expectation to perform like. I was like, well, you know, what, what's worth living for? What, why, you know, I wasn't like suicidal or anything, but I was thinking to myself, like, all right, like, what's the point? I went on YouTube. I don't think it's the case anymore. It's not indexed, but there were a lot of NDEs about Jesus, near death experiences, and just different testimonies and and things that people would share. Um, kind of bizarre things when they died and, and there it wasn't not all of them were about Jesus there were plenty of people who had other experiences too but it kind of left me in awe of just like well there's got to be something bigger going on you know there's got to be more to life than my identity and and what I can do on the golf course or um just I don't know just kind of pleasing other people's vision of the kind of person I was supposed to be in society and I would say that that was a turning point. Then Daniel shared with me. But on top of that, I really wanted to see for myself. So I was sophomore year. It was summer of sophomore year. Our family had just come back from Florida where I tried to qualify for the United States Amateur. Um, I, did not, I did not qualify, but uh, I, I did all right. I did well. But I, um, I came back, and I remember watching pornography. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot. I actually started in sixth grade, and this guy over here actually saw oh. my history. 
I put you on blast, man. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he took me down. I was, I mean, talk about being embarrassed. I, I was up everyone, there. Everyone did it. Everyone does it. Everyone has, I'm not encouraging first, it or saying it's a good thing or saying that's what you should do, especially if you're trying to follow God. That's definitely not what you should do. But I mean, uh, at I that first, age, man, a lot of people were doing it. I first saw it in second grade and the first time. That's young, dude. Yeah. That's, oh, okay, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I remember on Watchmen, there was a movie Watchmen, and, and my friend, I was on the phone with my friend Ryan, I was like, dude, and he was telling me, I was like, what What, what do they do? What What? What do they do when, <laughs> when they go to bed? What do the parents do? And it's like, we just went, we just babbled about it. We were like, well, but I don't know. And he's like, dude, I saw in the movie, you won't believe this. And I was like, what? And he's like, they, they, they. and he t- <laughs> began to explain the process of. Uh, creating children so oh nice <laughs> yeah and i was i was fascinated by this um but as i uh kind of grew up looking up to kind of my older brothers and and stuff i i uh i kind of got more curious about that and it was like you know what i used to say before i looked it up on the internet i used to say this exact thing i used to say well i want to be prepared for to be able to perform when the time's right i want to know what i'm doing and I also want to see. I'm, what I'm else. impressed by that because at least you had an excuse. I was like, "Oh, this is just cool." Yeah, <laughs> I just want to watch this. I don't care. I have a phone. I'm a kid. It's like a kid in a candy yeah, store. But I, not I was curious. Like, positive. Yeah. I, I was curious. I wanted to see what what yeah. that what that world was like, and uh, I followed some of those people, and um, it, was, it was kind of a, it was embarrassing because I hit a point where I started getting into some weird habits. And, and what was weird is like, not only did the habits get weird, they actually got weirder and weirder and weirder. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, 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 I could not stop. I remember sitting there, uh, instead of playing video games, I was sitting there just browsing this stuff. And it's like right before dinner, I'm like, anyway, I, I hit a point where I'm like, this is, and this is horrible. I, I'm, I'm a uh, 14, 15. I've been doing this since I was yeah. 11, 12. I don't know, something like that. And, uh, I just remember just feeling so disgusted just by the fact that I'm sitting before eating, just watch. I mean, why am I, I don't know. I just hit an all time low. And, but what was interesting when I came back from Florida, I was sitting on my couch and I, I began, um, I began a simple prayer. I was like, I was looking, I was looking at the kind of the side effects of watching this and the way it kind of affects people's brains and all this stuff. I just prayed to God. I was like, God, I. I can't stop this. I can't do this. And it was full of tears. And I, I left the house. I opened the screen door, went outside, went up the, into the, um, driving way and walked up. We had, we live in an area called round Hill. And I went up, went up the hill a little bit as I'm going, I'm, I'm tearing up. I'm just, I'm just feeling gross. Like, I'm just like, well, you know, I'm just not doing well. So I'm praying. I'm like, God, I, I need a relationship. I need a girlfriend. I need, I need something. I need to get out of this loop. And I was looking for, and I was like, all right, when am I going to find someone to, to date? When am I going to get with this girlfriend? When, and, and what I realized at that point was I didn't know it then, but God was calling me into a relationship with, with him, with himself. And what was interesting though, this is a very important moment for me in my personal walk. Uh, I was walking up the side of the hill and I sat down. And as I sat down, I, um, I began crying. I was weeping, like full on weeping. I, I don't know if I could ever recreate an emotion like that. It just comes from the inside out. It was, uh, some people might call a uh, form of repentance or just sincere uh, desire um, 
because it, it was a, it was a different level than I'm not a very emotional guy too often, and that that was like next level for me personally. And as I was praying, I will sincerely say this: that I did feel, you know, it's a bit of a testimony, but I did feel a certain weight lift off of me as I was praying. And from that day forward, for video, for video pornography only, <laughs> I had never seen a video, and it's going to be pretty soon. This let's see, next June. We're going to be about five years. Uh, so June Congrats, 22nd, man. 2015. And it was so powerful because not only, but a lot of people go through a process. But when God encounters you at a place, and I don't know how to recreate this experience. It was just came from a sincere heart at the time. I'm not always sincere, but at the time, I was really sincere. So during that, though, what what was cool, though, is it was like picking up a penny. I, I did not... I did not have the craving. Uh, when I was on my phone, it, it never, it just never pulled me. The thought never had an, a, an energy, an emotion attached to it. And that's why I sincerely believe that God's hand was, was on that moment. Now, I would, yeah. No, that, that's, that's amazing, man. I'm, I'm happy for you that God was able to pull that addiction out of your life. Yeah. And not to mention, I did, I mean, I still struggled in other areas. You know, I didn't become Superman, but for me, (laughs) that was a testament, a testament personally that only I knew. Other people wouldn't know that. Uh, Well, most people wouldn't know that, I don't think, but maybe some people do. Uh, Well, yeah, every, I I, I appreciate your sincerity and being able to say that and knowing that I'll post this online like that. That is a big leap of faith right there that you can talk about something so personal um, on an online platform. Yeah, well, um, yeah, as a principle, one of our pastors used to tell us is to live a transparent life and the importance of authenticity. So anyway, moving forward, though, I, uh, yeah, it was it was really cool because it, it encouraged me in that moment between what Daniel said, between what I saw on the internet uh, about near-death experiences, people's encounters, spiritual stuff. I began to think like, well, God just kind of showed up in a moment. I didn't see an angel or anything crazy, but I was like, you know, maybe this is real. Maybe, you know, this is a subjective experience where I was like, maybe there's something more. And that's where I began more of a journey. Moving on though, there are a lot of different subjective testimonies and there's objective reasons too for faith. And I continue to look into it. And I remember I would still hook up with girls sometimes. and But I just remembered something that, you know, God, I just felt that God was there when others weren't. And though my life and circumstances and everything didn't look perfect, it was the beginning. I was beginning to believe in in something bigger than myself. So that was important. So for me, at least. So would you say in the long run, are you building this app for yourself or are you building it for other people? And I mean that in more of a spiritual way. Yeah, so this app isn't about me. Um, actually, it's not. I'm actually. I'm not think. I'm not thinking about. It's very uh, for the people, uh, and it's it's not f- for me to gain or. Uh, really, I don't even plan to profit off it. I, you know, that's not the intention or the motive. Is it a n- nonprofit company? It is a nonprofit organization. The funds were actually meant to be the people can. Essentially, the goal is that the people can decide where it goes. It's meant to be a very community-centered uh, mission for for the company. And uh, one thing, um, 
the values are, you know, transparency, but there's a saying that goes, uh, that I really like. And it's, um, if you don't enjoy the journey, you won't enjoy the destination. And for me, I didn't enjoy the other journeys I was on. It was all about the destination. It was always about the destination in every single thing I did, except for this, which I believe is a purpose-driven mission, a purpose-driven life. And uh, um, I, I feel different uh, from the inside. Yeah, I'm tired sometimes. I don't always feel the best. But internally, there's an inspiration uh, when, you're, when I feel as though I'm walking on a path uh, as such a time as this, it is really hard to put into words. That's great, man. Do, do you find that the product you're creating is something more than yourself because you're on this path? Or do you think you could create something more than yourself if you weren't aligned with what God had planned for you? Yeah. So Again, just kind of in comparison, uh, when I was pursuing music as vivid, other financial, different things, it was about gain. And it was about me. It's the same mentality of what can I get from other people? I don't really care that much about them. I just kind of want to get money, get my job done, and go live my life. And my, me, my, me, over, over in my head. It was about the me. And Havenia's cool because it's about you it's about people it's about community it's about fellowship it's about uh uniting and inspiring believers and um it's 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 created a sense of um it's a friends of peace there's no destination in Havania. like for me this is a this is my journey like yours will be different but for me there's no destination that i'm going to i'm just there's just a path that I'm on. It's it's the path, and there's a piece there that surpasses understanding. That's awesome. Um, so as far as Havenia as an app, would you compare it to any other apps that are on the market, or is it something completely new, or is it somewhere in the middle? Like, have have the customers seen something like this before, and is it a Christian spin on social media, or is it an interactive Christian experience that I don't know is unique to the platform? So the cool thing about Havenia is the vision is to unite and inspire Christians. Um, and the way we go about that might change. It might, right now it's currently on a blog. We're thinking an app is probably going to be more effective, but that could also change. And what's within the app could change because at the end of the day, it's about the people and what is um, in making that more accessible uh, and what is, what it ultimately comes back to what do what is best for the for the people, for, for the community, for the people who are using the application? So you said you wanted to unite and inspire Christians. Can people who aren't Christians still check out the app? Can they use it? Is there any place for them there? Yeah, there. I mean, there's a place for, I mean, it's open. There's no, it's not exclusive, but it also stands for something. And it stands for, for Christ and for the community. Now, if somebody uses the application and misrepresents that, uh, I'm, I guess I'm sorry. That's not, that's not good, but we do have stuff that we stand for, but it is still an open platform. Too. Well, um, another question based on that is, are you trying to draw new believers into Havenia and connect people who might not have heard the gospels or follow Christ yeah. into the Christian community app? Or is it more for people already in the community looking to form connections or both? 
Yeah, it works both ways. It's uh, so groups, events, retreats. Uh, you can post them. It's really easy. Uh, it's like as easy as like uploading a photo, and you can have a. It's basically removing the effort of when you try and find small groups, faith-based events. It's kind of difficult because there's yeah. So oftentimes you have to go to the website. And then after you go to the website, you have to find the tab, uh, the groups tab, and then you go and you have to filter for your age group. And there's just a lot of things, whereas in an app, it's about, you know, one, two taps away uh, from fellowship opportunities. Now you can filter it. You, there's a whole lot of, uh, not a lot, but there's a handful of features in there that uh, are really meant to to bring believers together. So Awesome. Yeah. Um, and you can be there uh, if you're, if you're new, uh, it's great, uh, for like just accessibility. It, it's great for accessibility for the body of Christ. And why is the vision to unite and inspire Christians? Well, one quick thing that I just want to tack onto that, the Bible calls to be of one mind and one body. And currently in Christianity, there's about 50,000, roughly, maybe a little less, a little more denominations. Denomination is, is basically, a, a it has a different, angle of of faith that there's something a little different about it and where opinion lies the vision follows so we try and keep it uh as simple uh as the gospel can be uh it's simple in its message but it can be a little complex in the detail so so for these events that you have hosted on your site who can plan them how do you set one up how does that work yeah so it's uh it's it's pretty easy you you basically uh, hit the little, there's a little icon you can hit. You just hit the plus and you, you, you upload a couple images of the venue. You title it and you set the date, the time, the details, and you're done. It's just a piece of cake. Uh, Are there any safety uh, precautions taken to make sure that the appropriate events are scheduled? Yeah, so actually the host uh, will have a circle around uh, their profile, and you can, um, I don't know if it'll be on the MVP, but you should be able to message them. And it's a social-based platform where people are showing their faces and their uh, presence, and you can see if your friends are going, who's going. Uh, And one of the neat things, though, is as far as credibility goes, you can you can tell by the venue and the address and stuff. There's a, I guess I can't guarantee that there's full safety and security. You're ultimately taking a risk, but, um, that's just kind of life though. That's right? kind of, that's you get in a car, you could be hit by another car. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, but I, I, right. you, will you make the best effort possible to make sure that the community is safe and the events that you're hosting on your platform are trustworthy events? Are you going to do yeah, background checks on absolutely. event leaders? Are you going to do? Be, there can be public and private events, and and here's one of the ways we're actually going about keeping it a safe community. The people that are there in the beginning are going to be have a private event code that they can, uh, or pri- uh, uh, the ability to post events is actually given to the people who can post the events. So, what does that mean? I, I said I worded that a little funny. Well, if you're someone who is a, an original tester or part of the application that privately privately knows the team at Havania, you will have uh, exclusive uh, opportunity to upload events. By the way, the application's free without ads. Um, and you'll be able to post events 
um, in in your area, however, however far you'd, you'd like to, you're able to upload events. But the neat thing is also you're able to choose who else can post events. So every event that's posted uh, or every new person should be attending an event to get to know the organizer and then be imparted the ability to upload events uh, at their discretion. Very cool. Yeah. So that that's an interesting system that will kind of feed off itself. Yeah, basically the the system is uh yeah, the system is meant to kind of feed itself. It's it uh is to encourage word of mouth and just but also to keep the community safe because that's a, that's important that it's safe and uh that it remains and preserves its integrity as best as possible. Yeah, and just on top of that, if there are any problems, there is a way to report the problem and if there's an account that is getting complaints or someone's misusing the application on a regular is misusing the application, uh, we'll absolutely address that. We, we can remove any account that is violating community guidelines, um, again, to preserve and uh, maintain the integrity of the application. So Travis, if you could say one last thing about Avenia, what, what do people need to know? What do they need to take away from your company? Well, here at Avenia, we, we believe in connection. We've heard about the transforming work that Christ has had in people's lives. And we hope to unite and inspire believers and to make that more accessible uh, to you. And we, uh, we don't know exactly what the future holds with the journey, but uh, there's a tremendous peace in the process. And uh, wherever, uh, wherever God leads in our hearts, wherever you know, we're receiving uh, a new direction to go. Um, we hope to carry our cross and follow through. Travis, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you. You're a wonderful, just friend. I'm so happy you're in my life, and I'm happy we can have these conversations. And I'm happy you came on Kind Words to talk about your life and your journey. So I appreciate it. I'll see you soon, man. Thank you. So that's it for our episode today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you next time.